Hey, what's going on, champs? I'm Erin Deliosa. Welcome to an Immigrant's Life podcast, my podcast about immigrants and immigration and everything in between. Thank you for listening and downloading the show, and thank you for supporting my dad. Welcome back, Immigrant Nation. Another week, another new episode. Every week, I want to thank you, as always, Immigrant Nation, for your continued support. Speaking of support, please click that subscribe button to subscribe to our podcast. Since you're already listening, click that button and officially join the Immigrant Nation. Also, if you or someone you know wants to be a guest on the podcast, reach out to our social media accounts at An Immigrant's Life or email me at animmigrantslife at yahoo.com. Let's connect and let's tell your beautiful story. That is that. Now, let's talk about the episode. This week's guest is acting as a bridge between two cultures by staying prideful about her background while learning from her adopted land. As always, I talk too much. So, without further ado, let's get into the show. Isa, dalawa, tatlo. Today's guest is an aspiring writer-director that is as exquisite as the Romdul flower, but also fierce on the valuable court. Everyone, please welcome Jeannie Neth. Wow, I was not expecting that at all. That was very profound. Thank you. Chumripsuo. Oh, Chumripsuo. Chumripsuo. And Akon for coming on the podcast. I really do appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. It's an amazing opportunity. Oh, thank you. Before we get into details, please tell the Immigrant Nation where they can reach you or if you want to promote anything. Um, they can reach me on Instagram, GenieXNeth, or on my email. Um, and I would just, honestly, there's no certain institution or anything that I want to promote. I just want to promote my country. Mm. Just Cambodia. Anything relating to Cambodia, I'm I'm there. <laughs> I'm there. Yeah, you told me offline when we were talking that you're really proud Cambodian. You were you always been proud of Cambodian? No, that's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> no. I think I, I think being there and the and just like the society and the way I grew up, like I think we were always instilled with the idea of the American dream. So it took us away from being proud of like the soil that we're from. Mm. But being moving away, actually moving away has allowed me to like wake up and ground myself back to my roots. Mm. Isn't that crazy? You have to go away from your roots to appreciate your roots. Absence makes the heart grow fonder. Mm. <laughs> but it's also like a magnetic pull. Mm-hmm. It's like, um, I think the older that everyone gets, we struggle with a sense of belonging and community. Mm-hmm. And the older that I get, I, I just I just feel myself going back to my roots in any possible way. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. Anyways, yeah. like we mentioned, you're from Cambodia. Which part of Cambodia were you from? I'm from Kapong Cham. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, we live in, I've lived in Phnom Penh most of my life. But mostly grounding Kapong Jam. Hmm. You know, it's funny, like you're saying the Phnom Penh or Kapong Chang. Like, of course, I heard of these words before through a Western uh, yeah. mouth. And then you say it like the native would say, like, yeah, that's how you should say it. Why that's are they how, saying they're. Do you know what? That's, that's super fun because I think growing up, I've also tried to Westernize my language to be able to be more understood. But then now I'm like to remain integral to the actual parts. You need to be able like I, I don't even know if I'm like fully like you know reaching the integrity of it. But this is also the best way to you know to deliver it. Even mm. like I think the most the biggest one is you know some people will say Khmer, mm. but every single time with my Western friends and stuff, Khmer. You need to say Khmer. That's what I'm saying. Like for. And my entire whole life is Khmer Rouge, right? Like, of yeah. course, there's the unfortunately the infamous Khmer Rouge. And then I just had a conversation with Sokai, and he says he kept on saying Khmer, and I'm like, oh, that's how you say it. Exactly. 
Exactly. And I think like it can just be like, you know, it could just basically lead like a domino effect that we didn't intend to. Mm. Like, 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 you know, we think like, for instance, like, it's just a spur of the moment to be understood. So because it's easier to say Khmer, right, Mm -hmm. to connect with another language, but through like just dialect and language, it actually leads like a bigger domino effect than we think. Mm. Yeah, I mean, they should be bending to you. This is how we pronounce the word. You should pronounce it the way we say it. Exactly. Exactly. Like. My last name is Deliosa. It's D-E-L-L-O-S-A. Yeah. Here in the Western world, they will say Delosa, right? Yeah. Before I was like, yeah, it's okay, cool. But now I'm like, no, 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 dude. Actually, it's Deliosa. As you should, yeah. You know, like that's how it's I pronounce grounding. it. Yeah. It's, it's just like, it's just simple grounding. Mm. It's like a very like, I wouldn't say it's like minuscule, but it's like these like these little ways to ground yourself and on everyday basis that you don't even know, but like it builds up into something more like concise. Mm. You know what I mean? Like it, mm. you don't, it's not blurry. Mm-hmm. So actually it. the more time, the more times that I've like, you know, practiced and said it, the more like uh, poignant it's become. Mm-hmm. And you know what? It it also like tells the person that you're speaking to like, hey, that's me. Exactly, exactly. This is this is what I am. This is who I am. Mm-hmm. Like, and this is what it means to be Khmer. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. You're not you're not you're not gonna compromise it in any way, either tonal or like the way you say it or the way you spell it. It's like this is the full integrity of it. Yeah, I call it my spice. Your spice. Yeah, when I say like, like I could, you know, pronounce the word in like Western way, as they say. But when I see that word and I know I'm going to hit it hard with my spine. Yes, exactly. I'm just know? like waiting for that word to come. I'm like, I've been practicing for this all day. <laughs> just to tell you like, what's up? I got spice, you know? Yeah, exactly. You know, like you said, like grounding, it gives you pride. Yes, pride. And it's not like, it's not like egotistic. Hmm. And I think like that is also one of the beautiful ways to release you from like your own ego is when you also stand for a community, mm. you know, oh, yeah. like, and I think throughout the ages, whatever, I think, well, not patriotism, but people have also lost like a lot of sense of pride of where they come from. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because we're, you know, sometimes colonial colonialism and, you know, we, us watching western movies or listening to music like oh that's the cool thing not knowing like no you are the cool thing exactly exactly Mm -hmm. like you but we but we don't know it because you're so close to it you you know Mm -hmm. like especially like when i lived in cambodia Mm -hmm. like i I wouldn't have found half of the things before (laughs) that i find cool now it's because I was so close. And I think, like, the idea of, like, the Western world was just so, like, alluring. Like, everything mm-hmm. looks so appetizing. Like, everything outside of Cambodia just looks so, like, wow. Like, mm-hmm. so amazing. Mm-hmm. Everything is, like, special. Everything is special. And then, like, when you're actually here, you're like, hold up. <laughs> like, I, you know, like, my, my country is special. Mm. My country is special. My culture is special. Like my blood, who I am, my soil, like it is the most special thing to me. Hells, yeah. I, I saw a documentary about Angkor Wat, and for when it's like in the prime, it has like millions of people compared to Paris back then. That has like I don't know, like a few thousands. Speak. You know? Did you know that I think before Cambodia was the kingdom of wonder, we were called the Pearl of Asia. Hmm. We were the Angkorian era was we were one basic the one of the richest like in gold in substance and culture and people mm-hmm. and it's it's literally it's become not becoming it is a lost empire mm-hmm. the Angkorian the Angkorian era is a lost empire because you know we went through the Khmer Rouge mm-hmm. so that's like seventy five to seventy nine mm-hmm. but because of that. We have now had to also deal with like, you know, generational trauma. Mm-hmm. And I think mentally everyone is still on survival mode. Yeah. I mean, it's just there. Like there are people that are still alive that went through that. Yeah. But, you know, there's like five stages of grief. Mm. And I think a lot of our society and community is stuck in the first stage, which is, which is denial. 
Oh, really? Which is denial. It's like not even comprehending the fact that oh my god, we we've uh, you know went through this trauma. Almost two million, one point five, almost two million of our people like went, mm. you know. And I think everyone just went as going like oh yeah, the show goes on. Mm-hmm. But then mentally, it is generational trauma that passes on through well, not physical ways, but it's like still mental sur- survival. It's like now it's like also still social survival of the fittest, hmm, even economically. You mentioned Kamai Rouge. I want to ask you, which one do you think is more detrimental towards the progression of Cambodia? Was it the colonization of France or the reign of Khmer Rouge? Oh, the reign of Khmer Rouge. Hmm. I think the colonization of France, I mean, it could be, it, 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 I think it depends. It depends on the opinion, but I think like it's also a lot of it gave us a lot of positive as well. Mm-hmm. Like we, a lot of our language also derives from French. So like where we say no pang bread pang same piscine pool same. So mm. the language, even our architecture, we have derived so many positive from it. But the Khmer Rouge, like, like it just it killed us on so many levels. Because mm. what one of one of the things that the Khmer Rouge did, one of the first things what they did was they shot through the biggest statue of Buddha, mm. right right through the middle of the head, and by doing that they removed they removed faith, like they removed they removed faith from the people. They removed like a sense of belief that the people had. So then that completely had like made the country insecure. So I think that's also why like Cambodia and the nation is so scared to be one because that was basically the slogan of what they, you know, they endorsed was that, you know, we're one nation is Cambodia, mm-hmm. one nation, only us. And that's why it just has made us so insecure to be self-sufficient. Mm-hmm. Wow. So now it's like high dependency on other countries or institutions or, you know, like other develop, de- developing facilities mm-hmm. because we don't, I don't I don't know if I'm being biased but like I, like it's the the mindset has just complete it's still trauma it's we're still traumatized mm-hmm. yeah like like you 100% I agree with you because it's just like it just happened you know it just it's not even a generation away it's just you know it it's could not. be your, you know it's not, and like these, like, but that's what I'm saying is that we're still stuck on the first stage. Is, is is denial because, as people are like going by on their everyday life, they don't know, but they're still mental survival mode. Mm-hmm. You know, and the like the the main goal is to survive, and what does that entail? That entails you know being sufficient, making money on your ones, but then that makes you like you know lose a sense of life, faith, belief. Mm-hmm. So if you're saying that, what do you think? should be done as a country as a whole that would help Cambodia take another step towards the healing process uh, I a lot but I, I I think first first of all is the education hmm. like just well not just education but anything facilitation and also with the funding uh, distribution. Mm-hmm. There's just you know it's just a distribution because there's right now with a lot of stuff there's a lot of concentration happening mm-hmm. and I say education is because when I went to uh, you know I went to an international school it was pretty well off mm-hmm. um, and a lot of international kids but it's like even in the curriculum and even you know we weren't taught about Khmer Rouge we weren't taught about even Khmer history or anything Khmer anything nothing. There was like my class, but like the, the small percentage of people going there, it was just, you know, it was just on an everyday basis. And everyone on social media and stuff, everyone is going towards, you know, the Western dream. Hmm. They, I don't think, I don't think people or especially kids, this generation see a lot of substance in our culture. So I think that is why I think the people with the most privilege have actually the most respons- responsibility. Mm-hmm. It's um, it's it's just a mindset, and it's just a matter of just uh, honestly. Like I know this sounds super cheesy, but um, but just love, honest, just affection. Mm-hmm. I think I think 
I think affection and love just goes a long way. Mm-hmm. Kindness. Just, just being kind because the way that people treat each other has already creating that invisible gap. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's not much you can do about the financial gap, and then you know, like, on on the economic gap overall. But mm-hmm. just the way and how you treat people can blur those lines, can change someone's day, can change someone's future. Mm-hmm. Okay. You're saying all this thing is, which is amazing. How about you personally? What have you been doing to make sure that, you know, tell this generation of Cambodians like, hey guys, actually we are cool. We should love our language. We should love our the way our old way of writing, all our art, everything. I think a lot of uh, Cambodian kids also go through, you know, uh, it's go through a thing where it's kind of like follow a plan. You have to follow a certain not a, a certain plan to make a goal happen, but then actually I believe it's just follow your passion. I think if everyone was celebrated for the way they thought and utilized and facilitated on that, it would be a completely different place. Hmm. Instead of being like told what to think, instead having the facilities to teach you how to think, mm-hmm. it would it would change everything. And for me, I I thought for so long that, you know, I, yes, I, I still want to be a writer, but seeing the, the state of everything, I just, I, I want to do film because I know how, like, you know, movies has, movies and film has so subconsciously shaped the way we think and our lives and mm-hmm. trends and, like, sensationalization. Mm-hmm. Like, it has such a big impact. So it was just like, I personally, like I would love in the future to create, direct, produce and film movie of Cambodia, because Mm -hmm. I think I can see that in a way that's the most beautiful and artistic way of showing the world and displaying the world. Like, you know, what, what we are, who we are. Mm -hmm. And it's easiest way and the most accessible way for people to get educated because not everyone reads accessible and also it's open to interpretation mm-hmm. that's the thing the thing is with with words with words and stuff it's still confined mm-hmm. it's it's still confined to you know either someone's ability to think whatever but but with visuals with sounds with the script and with acting even with cast and stuff like the emotions you know you feel like you can still feel in the movie like you know we cry <laughs> we laugh everything mm-hmm. and I think, I, I don't know, I, I'm just hoping, I'm just praying, I'm being like a little dreamer here, but mm-hmm. I truly think it's a way to really, you know, re-energize Cambodia. Yeah, I, I think it, you are 100% correct. Let's get back a little bit about you. Let's just, you mentioned that you went to an international school in Cambodia. That means yeah. you're doing all right. I'm doing right. <laughs> doing right. Can we talk about a little bit how your life in Cambodia is? Yeah. Uh, the my parents like they're the most like the most dutiful. Mm. Like they, uh, my my dad, he's 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 obviously I'm a dad's girl and I'm <laughs> gonna be super biased and he's like God to me hmm. but he's he's a man to me because he's so comfortable with his femininity hmm. and that's and this is also one of the points in like Cambodia that I wanted to mention is masculinity and femininity hmm. is that sometimes ego gets in the way of you being able to reach your highest potential of you know the masculine or feminine that you possess mm-hmm. and I was able to see, you know, like a man who was so comfortable with femininity and then a woman so comfortable with her masculinity Mm. that these puzzle pieces just, you know, it just ignited and it just like sparked, it just sparked us. Mm. It connects and works together. It's it's better, you know, because there's no, there's no suppression of abilities. Exactly. No, like there, there was no suppression of ability. Everyone was just like really pushing you to the best of your capabilities. And I just, I just saw it lead by example, especially like, especially my mom, like my mom is the most beautiful woman I've ever seen met. Felt. She is pretty. I saw her pictures. <laughs> she's, but she's very intelligent. Hmm. 
Hmm. She was so smart. But hmm. the thing is with both of them is that they have always grounded themselves in where they come from. So Cambodia. Mm-hmm. If I try to be like mom, whatever, come on, she will, you know, hop on it and be like, no, 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 no. You got to remember where you come from. Ain't <laughs> <laughs> you no know, international school, bitch, like here. Mm. So since this, your parents are like, for you, like you said, gods. Yeah. It, do you, does it put extra pressure for you to succeed, quote unquote, succeed or make them proud? No, because I have two older sisters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they take the grant you're okay i'm good like I, this is <laughs> this is where i'm like oh, thank jesus but um i've i've just been so blessed with my family because everyone uh, not just everyone but i think being in a very woman dominated family where mm-hmm. i was able to see women like women like just flourish mm-hmm like without any bound like like despite the bounds of masculinity in the society they have been able to you know be self-sufficient mm-hmm. and like and independent like f- like just free and like no man or no nothing cuz you know Cambodia is just a, is a very patriarchal society mm. much like like Asia but like to I think that's why it's so it's so empowering and liberating to see you know when when women are able to also hold ground and then stand for like what what they are and everything it's like the most enlightening thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially coming from your family, you know, growing up like oh, mom's a badass. I yes, am a badass. Literally, <laughs> that means I am like mom. <laughs> raise no, no raise no bitch. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's beautiful. That's I, I love that. So you mentioned too that you moved to London seven years ago. What what brought you to London? Um, I think it was because my my sisters had already been here, mm-hmm. and I think it was time. Like it was when the London like moving here. I went to Epsom College, which is like in Surrey, and I went to boarding school. I lived like the whole like wild child life, but it was so amazing because I think I was just so like embracing of the whole process Mm. and but like that also helped me to stand ground I think the most that I learned to do was communication how to communicate Mm. like how to communicate how to stand ground and also how to like celebrate my own culture like Mm. because I I was the only Cambodian there (laughs) I was uh but a lot of pressure no, I, I, it wasn't pressure. It just felt like, you know, it was so beautiful because it was like, that's great because now everyone can know what Cambodian is, like what Cambodia is made of. Hmm. But that's what I mean, like that a lot of pressure because it's only you. Whatever you do, you are Cambodia. Yeah. So if you do something that is negative, they'll look, oh, yeah, that's what they do, Cambodians. No, no way. Because also I also stood and held myself like I'm human. Mm-hmm. Like at, like at the end of the day, like I'm human, and I think to be able to see everyone as like well, not per- per- perfection is just a perception, but to understand that like yeah, everyone you know, it, no one is perfect. Everyone makes mistakes and stuff, but it's the ability to hold accountability, mm. and I think everyone values progress over perfection, always, every mm-hmm. single time. Progress will always win. Mm-hmm. And it's just the values, and I. Th- this is what I've seen mostly in the Western world is that I think, like, I think in the Western world, like, people don't like, you know, the values aren't that strict, or it's, there's not much discipline. Mm. So in order of having this freedom, of this world, in this Western world, I was able to learn how to discipline myself. Mm-hmm. What do you mean by that? Without being imposed. Like mm. without without being without being like obligated to do anything or imposed to believe in something or to follow a certain plan. I had the freedom and the space to choose my own principles and live by my own philosophy. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. I think that, that also made me just grow like uh, strength. And mm. then every time going back home, coming here, going back home and here, every single time, like the bridge was built more and more. 
and the bridge became stronger and stronger. And then now my friends or like the people who know me are able to say, oh, yeah, I know this about Cambodia. And then they come back and they're like, yo, I, I, I wouldn't have been able to talk or connect with this person if X, Y and Z or whatever. It's like mm. that's the point is that I just we're supposed to be bridges for each other. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Yeah. Most of your friends are Cambodians in London or a mixture? Uh, um, it's a, it's a mix. I'm everywhere. <laughs> but when you moved to London, was there some cold shock or were you, it, uh, reached what you were expecting? I actually, I felt more, um, uh, to be super honest, I felt more alienated in Cambodia than I felt here. Mm, let's talk about this. I like this. <laughs> what happened? Tell us. Uh, I think... I don't know if it was like maybe the way that I grew up and the way that I thought and the way that I think or the way that I just see the world. Mm -hmm. I've just always been a big dreamer. Like mm. I've always I've always been seeing like life as shits and giggles. <laughs> and like, you know, just rainbows and butterflies. Mm -hmm. And I think being in Cambodia and people are very much, you know, the bubble is bigger. But at the end of the day, it's still a bubble. A lot of people will imitate the same mindset. Mm. And, you know, like everywhere and everything, when, when you do think differently, you're like, a, you know, you're like, what? Like, you're just weird. Like, you're yeah. strange. Yeah, you're weird. You're, you're a bad person. You know, yeah. You yeah. don't belong with us. You're against us. Yeah. And I just, I, I was so, I was so intrigued and I was so like fascinated by the fact that, oh my God, when I was here, I was around people of all races and people of everywhere background, but I felt so, um, you know, I felt so like, oh my God, I like home at home. Mm -hmm. But I, did you feel when you were in Cambodia, did you feel like I don't belong here? Like I should be somewhere else. Yeah. 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 I felt that too when I was living in the Philippines. I always like when I have conversation with people, I'm like, we don't see eye to eye here. I don't know what's happening here. And then the trying to convince, it just takes her energy. And it's like, <laughs> uh, where are we going? <laughs> mm -hmm. Exactly. It's just, and I just hated like, you know, like, you know how our culture are we're very um, community oriented. Yeah. And you're not allowed to... Um, leave the community in a sense of the the mind thought yep that's that's exactly it it's that i think asians are very like we have like pack mentality hmm. we have we're very collective and i think that just stems from like being super family orientated because we have super strong family values like you're not gonna have a care home in asia <laughs> that, that's not a thing mm -hmm. but here i think moving into the western world you learn a lot of individual liberty you learn a lot of free will. Like when you're able to make like your own choices as an individual, it, you know, you, I don't know, you just start to put the ingredients like into yourself and you're like, what recipe do I want? Mm -hmm. The freedom. The freedom. And then you start just actually though, like manifesting like the, the life. Mm -hmm. Energy. I, I, I'm a big believer. Like I'm, energy is a very real thing. Well, it is science, scientifically fact that there is an energy. It is, yeah. But I think it's very—it's just very stigmatized because you can't see it. Because mm. it's not science. Some some people are like, oh, how do you know? It's it's not you know you cannot prove it. it like mental health. Mm. Like mental health, and I think that's also one of the things like stopping the why also the Western world is so advanced in the way that it is because it's so. It really, you know, caters and it just, it really pays attention to the mental well-being of people. Mm -hmm. Whereas it, we're more efficiency. Yeah. In Cambodia, you mentioned the mental health. How is the progress? Is it slow? Is there like a, there's a crack in the, in the shield or none at all? Uh I don't think there's any momentum that has been started because of the fear. Hmm. because of like you know being when something is when the buildup of something is so credible like just the fact that like something you can't see isn't real 
Mm-hmm. It just will keep on minimizing, 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 minimizing the the thing that's not. So the gap just becomes wider, and then like for someone to momentumize that, it's like it's a lot. I think it's a it's a lot. Like you have to take on a lot. Mm-hmm. It's like just just breaking, like you know, just stepping out of the matrix. Yeah, just to admit that. Hey guys, by the way, I suffer from anxiety. Yeah, you know? it's a vulner vul- vulnerability. I think I think the the treatment to to vulnerability. I think people still equate vulnerability with weakness. Which mm-hmm. is so, so super like the biggest misconception ever. Because the most successful and strongest people that I've ever seen, even met or like come across it in my life, has been able to use vulnerability as their strength. Mm-hmm. And that's like the biggest superpower ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I love like when people like yeah, just push those feelings down, and then somebody. <laughs> Like, it's not that deep. <laughs> you know what I mean? <clears throat> and then they'll like, someone will, you know, unfortunately will commit suicide or whatever. And I'm like, oh, oh, I didn't even know. Yeah, because he was trying to put so much pressure. If he allowed himself to speak up, maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe. So much can be prevented if I think people just had a, had a voice. And actually all the answers were there. It's just a matter of like, it's it's just rare because you know some people aren't it's just consciousness Mm. it's just consciousness when when you're so focused on like doing material things or material goal you don't focus on this the spiritual aspect of it and being human Mm -hmm. and like when you i think when you're in tune with yourself and like when you understand especially like body language the way the tone and someone speaks and stuff you have your answers like people don't like people don't have to people don't have to talk and tell you who they are. You will see and feel it. Mm. But there are some good actors out there though, you know? That's true. The Grammy magicians. <laughs> you know, you'll be like, oh look at especially, you know, the social media that people like, look at me, happy life. And then you find out later, I'm like, oh yeah, not happy life. But to be fair, like who who would like who would who would post the bad parts? Like there are some people that post bad parts, but also sometimes to get attention. Right. You know, but, there are some good ones that like actually post good bad parts that show like, hey, I'm human. I I think I don't know I I, I think I think the use of social media has like gone way out of proportion. Like mm. before, like the idea of social media was was a platform to share your art, what mm. was going good and everything, and now it's like about debunking people, <laughs> like just just dissection. Like mm. now, social media is dissection. It's also a place of like anxiety. It's a it's a place of like comparison. It's not healthy anymore. Mm, I know. I have a friend that talks about that. Oh, how come my life is not? I'm not successful because this and this and that. While this person. You don't know what that person's going through. You don't no. know, you know, if what he's posting or she's posting is real. Why are you comparing yourself? Like, there's a saying that uh, comparison is a thief of joy. Yeah. Yeah. Comparison. Yeah. Comparison comes from ego. Mm. It's like when when oneself, like when you're not just when you're not secure. Mm. Like, and I found like through through my own journey, I found like the times when like my high degree of like comparison comes to me is when like I I haven't I wasn't secure and when I just didn't feel confident or I didn't love myself that was when the ego was like let's turn it up a notch honey like <laughs> let's see how much you can take today mm. and it's 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 not healthy but that's that's what I do mean by like I think people do have to take conscious work like go to therapy like mm-hmm all these stigmatized things it's it's it shouldn't it shouldn't be for people just to simply like work on yourself and the fear of judgment the fear of comparison is also what stops people from you know coming out of the shell and blossoming mm-hmm. to be fair some people don't want that to happen how what do you mean again it's like so social survival the fittest so it's like like just putting each other down and when you know it's like when you're not when you're not competent to hold x amount of light mm. you like people would take yours mm-hmm. and it's a magnetic thing 
it's like opposites attract right so it's like i'm if i'm a super like if i'm a super negative person i will be attracted to the super positive mm. and then in turn that energy transaction that means it's like it's like i will take but that's only because like people don't like you know it's the boundaries that's when it's like to be able to draw the boundaries mm -hmm. are you dealing with that like are you good with the boundaries now or are you still working yeah. on it I'm 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 working on it. I I I don't know if I'll you know I don't even know where's the end goal. But I think for the first time in my life, I'm like screw the destination. Like mm. I'm here, like it's the journey. Like that's that's the true part of life. Like I've you know I've had uh, and and death is also death is a part of life. Mm -hmm. But in the same time, death is so transient. It just death can just come creep up on you like that. Mm -hmm. So. It's uh, I've I've been taking a lot of time to study just my, myself, <laughs> like just being human, feeling my emotions, and everything, mm -hmm. and just how like how I've seen my energy or like the ingredients that I've integrated in my life or taken away has changed my life completely, like especially the people that I surround myself with mm -hmm. has changed my life. Yeah, that's the most important thing, you know, what the, the people that you surround yourself with. And people don't understand that, like, sometimes they'll say, oh, he's my friend since high school, let's say. Yeah, but you, didn't have, a yeah, you didn't have a choice then. Yeah. You can cut them off now, especially, like you said earlier, about pe negative people attract positive people or by vice versa or whatever. I'm like, yo, I, I hate negative people. I hate it. Like, because it drags you down so much, you know, like the complaining or like, oh, my God, you know, life is so hard or, oh, I'm always going to be bad. I'm always going to be, uh, uh, you know, bad luck and whatnot. Like, okay, fine. Well, do something about it. Yeah. I think every root of negativity comes from just a place of like pain, mm -hmm. like and it's just a place of pain. Like, and it's a matter of like, whether you're a person, you know, good enough to help to redirect them mm. or just to be like, look, honestly, I can't afford this energy anymore. It's, it's no, it's not, it's not like a, you know, I'm flipping you off, but it's like a simple, I cannot afford this energy around me. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you know, for the world, like for the world, like it's just civility. And, uh, uh yeah sorry yeah. i was so, gonna say yeah no i i understand what you're saying but that of course it took me time to have that wisdom and the courage to say to a person like you know what dude we're good we yeah. don't need to be hanging out anymore it's fine yeah. i'm not mad at you i'm i hope you're not mad at me too but it just it's not working dude. what's happening what's, ha what's ever happening here yeah because uh was um an eye for an eye makes the world go blind. Mm -hmm. Amen, Gandhi. <laughs> it does. It 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 really does. And like it takes, you know, car, car karma's karma's real, and she's not always bad. No, she's, it's a positive and negative thing. It's 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 a simple thing. It's like what you put out, you'll get back. Mm -hmm. And it's just trust the trust in in yourself and the, and the confidence. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I, I just for me, it's just like the way you see. Oh. Yes, on that point, I forgot, and I think, I think the part the part of op optimism is that to understand that everyone is evolving every day. Like you're not the same person as you were last week, last month, last year. So, like allowing that space for like the people that you love to evolve without holding, you know, without being confining or to be confined is also freedom in itself. Because you have the freedom to make mistakes, but also the freedom for someone to like hold themselves accountable. Mm -hmm. Amen. You seem so very sure with yourself being, you know, for me, you're young. Um, but what do you do to make sure that you are sure, sure of yourself? Do you journal? Do you meditate? Do you exercise? What do you do? Uh, I think, man, I've tried everything. <laughs> <laughs> that's life but i think one like uh yeah i i write a lot hmm. def, 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 definitely write writing is writing is my outlet um 
also one of one of the things that I've just done a lot is mirror work. And what is this? Mirror work is basically when you literally just look at yourself in the mirror and you have to look at yourself. Hey, easy for you. You're pretty. This face here, no bueno. Come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> You're not that bad. <laughs> but it's no, but that's 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 what I thought. I've just looked at myself like so much, and I, I actually one of the things that's helped me is I've documented myself. Mm. I've videoed, I've videoed myself through a lot of these points, and now I have a whole collection of myself. Like you know, it literally looks like oh my God, Susan and Beth, and like each day or something. But this is this is when I realized, my God, like this is what human life is. You know, one in one video, I'll be like cry my eyes out the next video i'll be like wearing my dope ass sunglasses and i'm like i can take on the world you think you're a bad bitch i am and then mm. you know it's just allowing like these waves to happen and i think what one of the things that has just really changed my life was um you know some people think of like a mantra mm. to grab them. i think of a symbol oh i like that like you know, whatever symbol that would basically connect you to your highest potential. Like, what what is it? Like, if 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 one symbol was to like encapsulate the whole of everything you want, hmm. like, what would it be? And only you would know. And I think every single time that I've thought of the symbol, it's gained its own momentum. Hmm. It's gained its own power. Every single time I've thought about it, there's like an extra detail added it in. And then it just became real. So now, like, I'm her. You know, like, and I, I, I didn't even see it, like, I, until, like, actually, like, until today was that, like, every single day, the sim has been, like, adding detail. And then I just look at myself in the mirror. I'm like, wait, like, I'm it. Hmm. And it just, you know, not passing. It just keeps, like, going. Um, I think for me, the symbol that actually started was um, an Apsara crown. Mm, I like that. Thank That's you. beautiful. Yeah, for me, it represents like you know femininity at its like highest, mm. like at its highest power, but so warm and soft, like to the world. Mm -hmm. But still, like I'm here, like on a mission. Like I'm on a mission. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like you need to have an end goal, or you just you said earlier that it's the journey that you're enjoying it more? I want to be able definitely make a change in my country and give back to my family but I I want to I want to know for a fact that I've lived and I felt all emotion of life I've done everything I possibly can mm. knowing that like you know that I will never regret anything mm. like that I've I I want to make you know I want to make generational change I want to make generational wealth mm. not, not in the sense of money not, not, not in the sense of money, at all. And that's the thing is that for me, like wealth, like to be rich is one thing, yeah, money. But to be wealthy, mm. that's like, you know, like happy, content, actually, like you know, like living a rich life mm -hmm. of substance. Like I want to wake up smiling, you know. Wow. See, here's the thing that I learned with happiness. Happiness is not every day. Yeah. There are days that you have to be sad and that's right. okay. You yeah. know, there are but for me the way I approach this is there's 365 days a year. Yeah. If you get at least let's say 80, 90% of the days are you're happy, you're having you're a great life. You're good girl, you're good. <laughs> you're good. You know? Yeah. I've 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 realized that too and there's this one professor that said, you know, there's for humans, there's two masters. Mm. Like, there's two masters of human. It's pleasure and pain. Mm -hmm. And we will do anything. Our ego will do anything for us to avoid pain and then get pleasure. Mm. But this is the real superpower of being human is when you can understand it's a, it's a both. It's like a, it's a package. Mm -hmm. Like, and I think just the way that, the way that we know the hack of life, the hack of life is how people deal with pain. Mm. Like, that's the blueprint. That's how you make it. Like, it's how you deal with pain. There's no way to procrastinate pain. There's no way to stop it. It's just, like, how you deal with it. Mm -hmm. 
what kind of pain you personally that you exercise to appreciate pleasure more? Some people use exercise. Some people, I don't know, do meditation. Because meditation yeah. is, is painful, painful, to be honest. To sit down and think about your life. You know, I mean, you, you mentioned the mirror thing. Yeah, I think, I think meditation, also meditation changed my life too. Hmm. Because I think I just had so, I, I just had like a mad struggling time being in my body like being in my mind like mm. I, i i experienced like profound self-hatred why like like i just, it was just like a feeling I, i would just wake up and be like man like i just don't want to be in this body anymore like i just like i don't like i don't i just want to run away like not just i just want to be out of this mind like was it physical you don't like your the way you look everything. the way your body is It was everything. It was physical and it was I think it was more like mentally too because it was like I was just generating I was just generating like thought thought systems on top of another thought systems that I felt like oh my god like I'm not like <laughs> normal. <laughs> like I'm like what is <coughs> like what what's happening and I, I just felt like it was like too much like I even even in my dreams. Like even in my dreams I had no escape because it was so Like it was so vivid. I felt everything. I remembered everything, and I had control in my dreams. Mm. Where like now, where now after like you know most of the work that I've done with myself, I actually take a lot of my art and my writing from my dreams. Mm -hmm. That's actually the the most limitless place that I have to do my art. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean the dreams, it's it's beautiful. I I, I also write well. I, I write more before, but now I'm just getting lazy. I write poetry more oh, and stories. Please keep going. Hmm? Please keep going. I'm trying. Sometimes the music is quiet. Sometimes you, once in a while you'll be like sitting down on the couch doing nothing. I'm like, by the way, here's a <laughs> gift. Yeah. And you're like, oh, I have to go now. I have to write it down <laughs> or else I'm going to explode or something. Right. It's like, my God, where, where do we think it's going to go? <laughs> <sighs> Where is it? No, it's not about where it's going. It's just like you have to do it. It's like you're yeah. breathing. You have to do it. You have to write it down or else, I don't know even know. If, to be honest, I, I have never even done, like once the muse says the words, yeah. I do it. I don't do, I don't question, I do nothing. I just do it. Because again, it's like breathing. It's like you just have to do it. Right. You know, how about you? Uh, I write. Actually, that was also one of the things that I I enjoyed. I just didn't. I don't know if I saw a future in it, but as of right now, I'm like, oh my god, I've put myself. But I, I've been writing poetry hmm. for so long, but I've had, you know, I've just had so much fear of just putting my art and my writing out there because it's so vulnerable and raw to me mm -hmm. that I'm like, shit, like. If I put it out there, like you know, the world's gonna be seeing me, mm. like my my mind. And it was, I think it was just, you know, have you ever experienced just like writer's repulsion? You know, like after something you wrote, and you're like, oh my god, I just don't want to look at it. Like this is what, what did I just write? I have that feeling every time I write. <laughs> <laughs> But the funny thing is, if I put it down, I have it looking at it for like let's say months. And I'll go back and then read them like, yo, this is good stuff. Who wrote this? I actually have those moments that, who wrote this? And like, no, dummy, it was you. <laughs> But it was you. It was the muse, to be honest. You know? Yeah. And, and when do you write the most, the most you're prolific? When you're sad or happy? When I'm happy. Mm. Because when I'm happy is when I see the most color in life. Hmm. And like I think when you know even obviously even in sadness it evokes a lot of like triggering emotions but but being you know happy and positive like the colors like it's just so it's just so beautiful I just feel like my I just feel like my mind's expanding like with butterflies. Mm, I love that I I love that feeling like oh I'm not the same person anymore like two exactly. seconds ago I'm not the person anymore. 
No, and like especially with those like happy writings, like I'm able to you know look at it, like mm. even right after I write, like I'm not ashamed of what I wrote, like, like and I think that's the thing is like when when I write when I'm I'm not when I'm sad or like when I'm down or when I'm angry, I'm ashamed to look at it after. Mm. But then when I'm happy, I'm like, oh my God, I can read it ten times over. I'm not gonna get sick. I'm good. Mm. <laughs> you just want to perpetuate that that feeling, but it's such a beautiful feeling because it's like I don't know. I just feel like it's like a, you know, it's just a big tsunami of happiness. Yeah, I I I I completely understand. We're complete opposite. I, I'm right more when I'm sad. I don't know why. Unfortunately, that's what happens. Do you right? look back at it? Do I? Yes, actually, and I learned so much from it. One of my favorite poems that came to me one night was I woke up in the middle of the night and it was an anxiety attack. Mm. And it was rough. And then I just, the muse just whispered this line to me, says, last night she came. And that was it. I wrote that poem. It, last night she came. It's about a, it's a succubus that came and reminded me that everyone's going to die you're gonna die someday. Yeah. And when I wrote when I wrote the poem, it helped me accept that yeah, we're gonna die. So what? Enjoy life. And what? Like you know what I mean? Like if someone told you you had 24 hours to live, what are you gonna do? Are you gonna sit there and cry? Like are you gonna like do everything you can? Mm-hmm. Why 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 should that be any different from life? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, it's I think it's just a I don't know, uh, in Cambodia, how do you guys, how does the culture approach death? Do you guys approach it as a celebration or is it a mourning? Uh, most Cambodians are, are Buddhist. Mm. Um, but I was just talking to my friend about it just now. And I think I have a different approach to Buddhism because Buddhism isn't a religion. Mm. It's a philosophy. It's a way of life. And through real Buddhism, you celebrate death because you understand it's a part of the cycle you cannot have life without death you cannot have death without life mm. and i think uh, in cambodia it of course is the the first first the morning but it's also about a lot of like karma like mm. what you know it's kind of like after this person is gone what, what are you gonna do into to step in and like to be able to give back mm-hmm. like what what good can you do mm-hmm. Yeah. Going back to writing, do you have a process now with writing or are you just letting the muse whisper it to you? I, uh, I'm i I'm just writing all sorts of stuff. I, have, I haven't written... Right now I'm writing, I'm working on this uh, this poem called um, <laughs> A Little Girl on Big Lotus. I love it. How, what is it about? Uh, it was... It came actually came into one of my dreams. I actually woke up like crying, and <laughs> it was. Hey, you said happy. What happened to happy? It was happy tears. Okay, okay. It was happy tears. It just felt, you know, when you you know when you feel like alignment to a certain mm-hmm. time or like feeling like spiritually, mm-hmm. your body just knows. And I had this. Oh my god! Basically, in this short short story and poem that I'm writing it's basically about this this little like absara like being like cocooned in a closed lotus mm-hmm. but on like turbulent waters but in those turbulent waters it's going through a waterfall so through that waterfall and then after the waterfall when the water settles the lotus just opens and then the absara is able to dance Beautiful. For the people that doesn't know, especially me, talking about me, what's an absara? Like a, it's like a deity. It's like, it's like a it's like a hu it's like a human version. It's more humane. Hmm. Do you think that deity is a representation representation of you? Uh. Yeah. Hmm. Was that a waterfalls for? Uh, the tears. Hmm. Oh, like uh, yeah, all all the tears. Yeah. 
I you, said it's, you said you you're happy when you write down. What's up with the tears? I think yeah, I think that that's why I'm happy because it's after the pain. Hmm. It's after the sadness that you're like you know like there's always rainbow that appears after the rain. Mm -hmm. What kind of pain were you going through, if you don't mind me asking? Um, I think it's just you know little bits and pieces like growing up. Um, but I think one of my uh what what one of my biggest ones is just feeling just alien. Just feeling so alien. From where? Like, uh, especially at home in Cambodia. Mm. I just, I just felt like, um, uh, I just, you know, I, I always felt like, oh my God, I, ha I have to box. I have to watch what I say. I have to, you know, watch what I wear and like everything. Um, yeah, to like conform. Mm -hmm. and, and you're like, rebelling against it. No, I think it's like breaking generational trauma. Rebellion isn't enough. Yeah. How do you think we're going to break the generational trauma? One person at a time. Hmm. It takes one person at a time. It's a domino effect. I truly believe in the domino effect. It's like when you can really impact and touch someone's heart, they will do the same to the next and the next. And then before time, before you even know it, this, you know, you're going to have your whole army of butterflies. Hmm. Well, going back to social media, do you think social media would be a perfect f form of uh, tool for you to share this uh, wisdom that you were, you have acquired? Yeah, I, I think I, I think I just had to get you know over uh, over the fear of stepping into it because. I think stepping into like a you know a platform anything big you have to like also have the strength to deal with backlash. Mm -hmm. I and do you think that's the fear? That's why you haven't published your uh, writings. Yeah. You're being selfish. But when you put it that way, <laughs> yeah, I think I think I think I am definitely protecting myself. Hmm. But I also think, like, I'm also going to hit a point where I'm like, for what? <laughs> like, for what? Yeah. Because at the end of the day, I think it will help more than, like, it will, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. You have to sacrifice yourself for the sake of the community, of the country, of, you know, your people. Yeah. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't think about it like that. I think I've just been really shielding myself from allowing myself to do it, mm. because I think it's also, um, you know, I uh, I don't. I've not heard of like any, especially being a woman, like any female writers, <laughs> or you know, like just in the art, like it's not deemed credible or respectful. Mm -hmm. Well. There's always the first one. Yeah. That could be you. It will be. Hells yeah. The amount of little girls that will read your book or hear about you, I'm like, yo, she's a badass. I want to be like her. Yeah, I think I think that's also why the work too. Like I like I'm I'm 20, but like like um oh why why not start young? <laughs> You know, mm -hmm. like I have, I have the ability to do it. Mm -hmm. So it's like, um, I, I, by the time in like the next couple of years, I want to eliminate doubt overall. I, I don't want to have any fear. Yeah, you always need fear. Right, you always need fear, just a little bit, you know, just like a little bit of spice of fear, just a reminder of you that, oh yeah, if I don't do what I'm supposed to be doing, this is what's going to happen. Right. Yeah, no, I, I, I have that, but I, th I think I'm working on, you know, not not being selfish and, mm -hmm. like, not basically just, like, um, keeping 
not just protecting myself, but like just being able to share my content and my art with the world. Mm -hmm. Because I know for a fact it's it's, it's pretty amazing. <laughs> I love the confidence. Look at you, you light up. I love it. Stop fooling around. Let's get it done. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to say to myself. I'm like, stop playing with your potential. You know, like yeah. shits and giggles hours is over. <laughs> you need to face that mirror and say, hey, who's the boss and who's the bitch? She's like both. <laughs> <laughs> well, you like you said earlier about the professor, it's a pain and pleasure. Yeah. Right? You're you're still in the pain you i don't know if it's a little bit of pleasure to obviously creating but i think right now we're just you at least is wallowing in the pain part and i think you should allow yourself to spread your wings and fly away and spread that butterflies of happiness you know yeah of course yeah, it's for me to say i'm not the one who's gonna be <laughs> Yeah, I I think I've I think I've been cocooning. Hmm. Hey, you know what? it's a good step this podcast. Yeah, I feel it. <laughs> right, like you coming out, you know, spreading your story, your ideology, your your um, mindset. It's a great stepping stone. Thank you. I just uh, one of the things I was doubting, I was like, my God, I I don't know if I'm. Like, what was I ready? Like, am I too young? Like, I, <laughs> I, 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 I don't know. I, I think that was just a perfectionist thinking. Mm. If But, you're good and you believe in your art, I don't understand. Like, let's get it done. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, like, if you're if the driver is ready, the car is amazing. There's no way, no way you're gonna fail. Right. Yeah, and it's not about you know being the bestseller or whatever. It's just like you said, the domino effect. You get, you touch one soul, that soul will touch another soul of positivity, and it just you know spread. Right. Wow. Thank you. You've really enlightened me. <laughs> This is a uh... yeah. Uh, you know what? Sometimes I can construct these words that make it sound like I'm smart. But trust me, give me a few more minutes and it's going to collapse. No, it's really amazing because I just uh, like, I'm just really marinating in it. Mm. You just need that push. Yeah, I I think so. I, I think it's just my, my confidence. Hmm. You are confident. What are you talking about? You're like the moment we start talking, like, yo, this woman is confident. <laughs> you know, and and I'm not gonna lie, I'm a bit um, not uh, what what like that's scared, but like I'm a bit hesitant with like talking to confident women because like even though I was raised by women, like literally I was raised by women in the house that I grew up in, there were I think like six women. There's one dude. Oh, I'm sorry. So, <laughs> no, actually, I was I was glad I was raised by women. Yeah. Because you know it gave me that 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 advantage of understand. Well, try to understand women. No one can understand you guys. You guys are we're, too complex. We're, we're connecting creatures. Like everybody, like everything needs the feminine touch. Hmm. Everything 100%. needs the feminine touch. You know, like one of my favorites, one of my favorite classic literature is actually Frankenstein. Hmm. Mary Shelley, because you know it was the idea of you know someone trying to play God and create life without the feminine touch, and look what mm -hmm. happened. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. I think that's the first ever uh, novel that was written by a woman. You know how you know how she came to write it. Hmm. They basically, I think it was on a super cold summer's, I think it was in summer or winter, um, but all these writers gathered in one house and they had a competition and they were like, who can write the best horror story? Mm. And Mary Shelley wrote Frankenstein. Mm -hmm. I and read about that. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. So you're going to be the Mary Shelley of Cambodia? 
the JK Rowling. I'm Let's also going to be like the, <laughs> you know, <laughs> the JK Rowling. That too. Everybody, you know? All, all of them. That's beautiful. Listen, man, this is such an amazing conversation and I can yes. talk to you all night. Oh my God, thank you. But unfortunately, I think we're there. Before we close out, do you have any last remark or anything you would you like to part with? No, I just want to say thank you so much for your time and just allowing me to just, you know, to just share my love for my country and my vision and just to be able to hold this conversation with you. I just feel momentum. Love it. I love it. Anyways, Jenny, Akun for coming on the podcast. I really do appreciate it. Akun Chan. Have a good evening. You too. Bye. Bye. Again, Jenny, thank you for coming on the podcast. I really do appreciate it. Thank you, listeners, for listening. This is Aaron Dolyosa for An Immigrant's Life. I'll see you guys later. <laughs>